This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into the pre-match show, MK Don's edition. Joining me tonight, my pre-match colleague, Seb Brown, and special guest, as those of you watching on YouTube can see, Steve Moore of the Turnstar Blues Collective. Evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good evening. Yeah, not too bad. Been Steve, no sport, we... no, no sport in the last couple of days. No, well... And, and ironically, not too much to not too much news to talk about because we did a live show. So um, we'll, I'm sure we'll find plenty to talk about in terms of MK. But um, for those of you who don't know, Steve, um, Steve, you're you're here as I said, um, representing um, the Turnstile Blues fanzine. We've got another issue coming out. It's been a while since the last one. Yeah, and, um, the last one was uh, January 2020, I think. Wow. So um, pre pandemic so, era. A bumper edition. So um, we'll talk about that shortly. And fresh off his trip to Cheltenham and an appearance on our live show midweek, Seb Brown. Seb, how are you? You right? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Not too bad. Yeah. I will be. It's my fault. It's a pre-record this week. I apologise for no live show, but I'll be heading heading southbound this time tomorrow on the uh, on the M6. But we'll get back to the live shows uh, starting from next week. Making your home debut this season with your naught percent record in the league after Tuesday. No, it's not your fault. Cur- maybe, maybe just a curse. Not your fault. It's not your fault. We can't blame you. Um, let's um, let's catch up on all the goings on this week. And I think I'm right, Seb, in saying that um, we didn't deal with Tom Carroll's nope, arrival in any great detail. I don't think we did Carl Edwards' arrival really in much detail either. I think that I'm trying to remember what day it was last week, but we didn't really mention it on the live show or the pre-match show. Um, so let's talk about both of them and you've you've seen them both in action Seb haven't you recently? Tom Carroll very very briefly Carl Edwards I mean I described him as unplayable to Ben last night on the uh, on the live show which went down well he was superb yeah I mean he, he tied in the second half noticeably but it looks like we've got ourselves one one hell of a player there not quite sure how we got him in in league one but he was he was so positive he's got a great touch he just looks to run every time he picks up the ball he looks to do something positive and he's kind of you know got the got the, got the skills and the end product to, to pull it off he looks like a real real good find and he's sort of come out of nowhere hasn't he i guess we were all anticipating you know a three of burns and and maybe dobra on the left and fraser in the 10 with barry etc to maybe a luku to, to dovetail throughout the season but you know if he stays like that he's an absolute guaranteed nailed on starter because he was absolutely superb and i really hope he starts on uh, on the weekend <clears throat> i know what ben told me last night he said, never ever fall in love with a uh, with a winger they are notoriously inconsistent but um yeah if he can re- replicate 80% of what he did on Tuesday night, he, he, we're in for a great season with him. Well, one thing I thought at Burton when he came on for the last 20 minutes is he beat defenders on both sides and crossed well. And obviously the, the shot off the shot cross off the bar, I think it was actually a shot, although I wasn't sure at the time. Uh, it's spectacular. But again, he was impressive then. 
I yeah. do wonder whether with our wingers we're going to find that we want to swap them around and whether that should happen, bring Dobber on for the last 20, because fresh legs against a towering defence rather than rather than one player all game might be a better option. Yeah, but, well, we've now got those options now. I guess the thing that's frustrated me, and, I, and I'm, I'll be interested to see how the clubs feel about this towards as the season progresses, is, is, the, is reverting back to three substitutions. I do find it's quite limiting... Um, and but then it's going to be at League One level something that is going to favour the likes of us. It isn't going to yeah. favour everyone else. So maybe it's a bit selfish of us. Having thought, I don't like this. It just suits the big clubs. I got quite used to. I think four is more of an optimal number. Five is five is a bit ridiculous when yeah. virtually half the team has changed. But four seems a yeah. A bit more. So Tom Carroll um, arriving on a free, um, similar to Shani Aluko having. Spent most of his preseason at Derby. We appear to be shopping in the same place as the Derby. Um, 29, one year deal, I think it is. 16th senior signing of, of the summer. Um, but Steve, a player of really excellent calibre and a really excellent yeah. central midfield option. Yeah, I am. Um, was anyone who looked it up this evening and realised he actually went to Swansea about four and a half million at one, one stage? Yeah. And. Yeah, it's been around. Not a player who necessarily is going to score a lot of goals, but a but a passer, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I was said last week. We had we had questions, didn't we, about the type of um, central midfield cover? I guess we thought at that point, yeah, that we were like to bring in. And would you argue that Carroll's more of a similar player to Evans and Harper than a similar player to Flynn Downs? Dare I say, or a yeah. Sco- I- I do wonder whether there there is a lack of that kind of player. Um, Nolan, as we've all watched the last three years, I'm sure you've discussed on here many times, is something of an enigma. Sorry, an enigma. There, there, there is clearly a lot of talent there. But yeah. He doesn't utilise it regularly enough. Seb, you're, are you of the school? Of, I remember us talking about this with Dave when we got relegated and he wanted some bruises in the team. Do you think we, we're a little bit lacking in attitude and menace in midfield? Maybe. I mean, we saw that in the second half against Cheltenham. I know Evans was on a booking quite early on in the game, so he couldn't really sort of impose himself in the second half. I guess as the season goes on, potentially we might start to think, oh, we really missed that midfield, that enforcer for those tough those tough northern away days. <clears throat> but what an absolutely class player to get. You know, he's come down from the championship. Like Steve just said, he's gone for four over four million quid in the past. And I really like the interviews he's given today where he says, you know, this isn't, I, I want to be, you know, this, I, I like the pressure of coming here and wanting to do well. He's got a bit of class about him. And if the, the younger lads, the likes of El Mazzuni and Humphreys, if they can learn off him, then I think we'll do really, really well because he's, you know, his pedigree is absolutely superb. And he, he might well end up playing, you know, a lot more than he was expecting. I didn't think we'd get a player of this kind of calibre for the almost the backup reserve role, if that makes sense. You know, I, I kind of figured that Evans and Harper would be the, the absolute nailed on starters throughout the season. And whoever comes in might play 10 games, 15 games, maybe here and there. But if he gets himself fit, you know, there's absolutely no reason why he can't go on and have make a decent amount of appearances for us and if he does we'll do well because of the the quality of player that he is yeah Yeah. i think as you said during the week that harper is only 21 and kind of expecting an awful lot of consistency from him might be a bit much yeah clearly the player and and maybe some of that enforcement and um what's the word knuckle draggingness if that's a phrase can come from you know burgess is is six four oh yeah six foot plus Piggott can, can throw it around. He's, he's whatever that means. Um, so, wood. <laughs> yeah, so there is there is some kind of streetwise, and Dobra can get in a street fight if he needs to as well. So yeah. maybe we're not too lightweight in that in that respect, but um, but a, a, a excellent addition, certainly nonetheless. Um, other additions elsewhere, and particularly relevant for this weekend, um, is um, former Ipswich right back. Do you remember when we had a first choice right back? No questions. David Wright. Um, it's been a Norwich made a big thing about trying to replace him and get someone better for a long time. Holds. And we we never really got anyone better than him. No. Um, Rasenia possibly was, but then Keane decided not to sign him because he had a drink driving conviction. So Bradley Orr was in there, wasn't he? I think the the only good one that we got close to was Richard Stearman, and then he only signed a line, didn't he, and disappeared yeah. back off to Wolves. So he's a central defender playing right back, and I'm not sure it'd have been any more progressive than Chambers was over the longer term. 
Maybe. Possibly I, I, less so. I liked was, him. And... He was good in that role. Um, but Seb, another Ipswich Town face in the dugout for Saturday, um, in the away dugout, that is. Um, I, I guess he was he was under 23's coach at Norwich. This is a pretty good appointment, isn't it? Yeah, very good for me. He's, he's gone straight in as assistant first team coach, hasn't he? Been at Norwich for a little while. He was at Colchester as well for a while, wasn't he? I think he sort of went to Colchester to to learn his trade. And then he must have been at Norwich for a good few years now. But pleased for him. You know, I always liked him as a player. Whenever you saw him in interviews, you could kind of get that sense that, you know, you thought he might go further. He was always quite, I thought, articulate and seemed to be a, a bit of a, a studier of the game, shall we say. So, no, really, really pleased for him. It's a great move for for all three of them, you know, for Manning, yeah. for Hogg and for, and for uh, David Wright. And hopefully they'll do well, just not on the I'm not on Saturday. Matt Gill went there as well, didn't he? Yeah, Gill went there and then got a nice big move to Swansea, didn't he? Yeah, the world trod path to MK now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we wish, as you said, Seth, we wish him well, but for not on Saturday. Yeah, Sunday onwards. Um, and lastly, um, and uh, a good um, factor as to why Steve um, is with us um, this evening uh, is um, Turnstile Blues. I'm going to put a picture up and it will cover our faces, Steve. So I won't absolutely too long. But issue 23 there is, and um, I, for those of listening on um, on the pod feed, um, front cover is Paul Mariner. Yeah, so tell us about what we can expect this week. Or oh, oh, sorry, sorry, in this issue. This issue, which um, will be on sale on Saturday, usual times. Um, we we obviously mention the sad passing of Paul Mariner. And there's a piece from Gavin Barber on just why he was a special player. And it's kind of weird, a generation who didn't, quite see him but those of us who are of my father's generation clearly did and yeah it's um nothing um we we also we, we also look at our new owners and a little bit of background on it well not really background because everyone's covered them but but cover that but also what we'd like to see from the owners going forwards uh, some of which has been implemented already Mm-hmm. starting with the football and it's been a big bugbear of myself and many, many other fans. There's been no footballing structure. Everything has been wholly dependent on the first team manager. And I think there are signs that's going in place um, with, with the staff that we've brought in now to do roles. We just had, we either had no one doing or someone was doing five jobs in Leo Neal's case. Um, but it also talks about what we'd like to see in the community and greater involvement there and list some examples of good practice at other clubs. Cool. Some of which is at our neighbours up the um, up the A140. Typically is it? Never. It's, it's not always popular when we mention them, but where they do things right is something we should look to. No. Um, we'd also like to see more of a link between the academy and the first team, not necessarily a direct, um, direct route because players have got to be good enough, but there's some sort of pathway. What we've seen is a lot of players have got to the first team and then then had the old game and then we've brought in so many lone players of variable quality. They've never really got in there. Um, and one of the other things footballing-wise is to continue to support the ladies' team. Mm-hmm. And, well, we've we've seen what's, what's happened there with the professional contracts. So that's one, one area where there seems to have been um, an instant upgrade in what we're doing. And a good, we need to mention their 6 0 season opening win against Hounslow, which, yeah, I guess so was. was division win 6 0. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we, we did talk about the flagship that Hounslow had been a bit of a, you know, taken a bit of a beating most weeks last season and finished the season bottom and with naught points. Um, yeah. But it's, it is the level up and you just don't know until you get there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's so. a lot of great stuff going on at the, on the, in the ITFC women's yeah. team. So there's also an article in it, in it from from Matt Macon in this issue about about the women's team. He watches them quite regularly. Um, we also cover Dalian Atkinson, the, okay. the the trial of the policeman who killed him, um, was found guilty of manslaughter, was concluded fairly recently. And um, Rob Freeman reflects on Dalian's career and um, his tragic tragic death. Really, yeah. Dalian Atkinson always a stranger because I started watching him switch. Um, purely, uh, this sounds like I'm a glory hunter, but the 91-92 season when I when I started to pay attention to football as a kid, and so that comes after Dalian Atkinson's town career, um, and I'd always he's always a player that excited me at Villa. You know, he always scored, 
you know, that goal at Wimbledon, amazing goal yeah. in the opening Premier League season. And then to find out that he'd been at Ipswich and then you see the hat-trick at Borough. You know, what a player. Yeah. And, yeah be, did he talk about his departure, by any means? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I think we just basically got, we couldn't afford very much in those days. And anyone yeah. who, Kevin Wilson went to Chelsea for not a lot of money a few years before and vague recollection of Kevin Wilson, not so much seen him play, but being aware of it. Um, yeah, and it was a sense we'd lost him cheaply and lost Alien cheaply as as a as a club. But that always kind of goes. We've been in a division below, and um, yeah. but going back to going back to ninety one ninety two, it's kind of it's a formative season. I was sort of interested, went to a few games, but you have a promotion season like that, and all of a sudden, a lot of people become very invested in the football club. Yeah, and we haven't had it. We've probably had the the year we stayed up under under Mick, and the sort of couple of years after that, but we haven't really had that sort of sustained success for fifteen years. Yeah. So, um, so there's a, there's a desperate need for it. Indeed, yeah. You can't really. There comes a point where all the off field optimism needs to be, um, yeah, superseded by on field success, doesn't it? Well, well, yeah. It's quite yeah. quite concerning that people who are who are at twenty twenty five now. Yeah. What what their best memories? A couple of playoff runs. Yeah, Arsenal in the cup, isn't it? So um, so um, we'll come back at the end and we'll, we'll let folk yeah. know where they can find um, you guys on Saturday. Um, but yeah, let me put another image of that up just so we can remind ourselves there. So yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Steve. Um, let's um, let's focus um, on MK, shall we? And I'm going to lean on lean on Seb here a little bit. Um, to do to tell us all about um what's going on with Milton Keynes Dons this season. Um a, a bit kind of a mixed start, it's fair to say, a draw, a defeat and a victory. That's it, yeah, um, yeah. Start started the season with a three all a three all draw against Bolton, then lost to Sunderland two one and then beat Charlton uh two one. I guess at, at this stage they're gonna be a bit of an unknown quantity. We're only three games into this new managerial reign. So under Russell Martin, we all knew what that you were gonna get. You know, it was gonna be very high possession based football. But under the new guys, it, the possession has dropped off slightly. I've done some sort of nerdy nerdy research based on the first three games because I thought you'd like that. So across the across <laughs> across the season last year they averaged 64 percent possession across the 46 games this year this year so far albeit with a, a far smaller sample pool it's dropped down to 56 percent possession but they do have a fair number of shots in their in their games They're averaging 13 shots per game with nearly five per game on target so i think potentially with a couple of ropey defenses this could be a uh, could be a pretty good game on saturday i was yeah well i've done some nerdy analysis as well and their goals conceded has gone three two one mm. So I'm thinking that I tempting fate nil nil because everyone's talking big, big goal scoring, goal fest here. I just feel like we're going to come to this later on, Steve. Along come Ipswich and ruin things for everyone, and it could be a nil nil. Um, I've got um, I've got my usual kind of stat pack, the basic bits and pieces. Let's just introduce the squad and some of the key bits and pieces of action there. Um, and then we'll go. We'll let Seb go on nerdy um, and tell us all about what's going on. So um, for, I'm hoping that my um, little dropped pin is better located. It looks far too east for my liking there, but I think that's probably yeah, good just enough. kind of straight north, straight out of Euston. And it's and also on a similar level of I don't know which way longitude and latitude is, but almost same. Latitude is it a bit, bit further south, isn't it? Is it a little bit further south? Um, but uh, finally, a stadium in um, League One with more than 7,000 seats in it, uh, having played Burton, Cheltenham, and Morecambe. Yeah. Um, and as, um, yeah, 13th um, place finish last season, which is probably disappointing, um, for them because I think, of, in terms of XG. Um, MK certainly underperformed in respect to the chances created, as you said, Seb. Um, last time out, um, two one against Charlton, um, and our last fixture. Then, uh, if anyone remembers this, the nil nil. I was um, thinking about this when I researched it earlier. I can't remember that at all. It, they all become a, a blur, yeah. a turgid blur. I cannot remember that one at all. Yeah, one of those ones that trees that fall in the woods that no one hears. Can you remember that one, Steve? I can remember it was nil nil. Um, 
<laughs> it wasn't a classic, was it? So is, um, it un- is it under Lambert or is it under? Yeah, it was so a Hearst. Sorry, <laughs> Paul yeah. Kirk. Now that, oh, was that, it there are similarities. Of course, time. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was the latter end of the season, wasn't it? Towards the end, so definitely after February, I think. So, yeah, well, exactly right. Yeah. Um, let's move it on. In terms of um, ins and outs, um, some important ones to flag there as well. Um, here come the graphics. Here we go. I mean, the one I wanted to flag in terms of departures. So, five signings in, four loans in. Though largely that was done by Russell Martin before he left for Swansea. But a player that we know very well from last season, and you talked about him on the live show, Seb, um, Scott Twining um, on a free in midfield is a pretty eye-catching signing at this level. Yeah, Mo Iser as well. And again, um, yeah, Mo Iser as well. And also Troy Parrott's there as well on loan yeah. from, from Spurs. He's got a couple of goals already this season, so we know about him. I mean, yeah, to get Scott, Scott Twine, that, when they did that deal in the summer, that's when I think people started to sort of sit up a little bit and think, hang on, these guys could well be, be the, the dark horses for the, for the new season because that's a really, really good bit of business. Mo Iser as well, you know, proven at this level, a uh, decent record with Peterborough. So they have got some really, really good attacking options going forward and, um, and hopefully we can keep them quiet on the weekend because the, the quality is there. Yeah, and they've matched the the outgoings and ingoings. So, you know, a few players out. I've I've meant we we obviously know Scott Fraser, um, but yeah. such a standout performer for them last season. We know about the nine out of nine penalties. Um, we'll get more on that um, later on. But fourteen goals and six assists for Fraser. So, by far and away the the most kind of meaningful contributor for them in the number ten position. Um, but Cameron Jerome's also a a, a, a loss for them. A focal point up front, he's gone to Luton. Um, so that's kind of the round the houses there on MK and the ins and outs. Um, tell us more about um, your statistical analysis, Seb. Uh, I did. It's um, it's 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 what I mentioned it? earlier. Yeah, afraid so I've I've not got much else at all to be honest with you. Um, as I said, they're a bit of an unknown quantity as we stand at the moment. Um, but but what I gave you was was my my notes. That's I'm going to do. Have you seen on Twitter like Clive Tildesley gets those match details and signs them for people? I'm going to do that yeah. with you with my iPad notes for your birthday. I'll, I'll give you this one for your uh, for your birthday. All, with all the f- ten words in it. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Yeah, Clive's is a relative and, and a result. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nil, nil, as you said. Well, fortunately, um, I, I I delved a little bit further. So it's a three-four-one-two at the moment, and I think there's an attempt certainly to keep some continuity from Russell Martin. Steve, the the appointment of Liam Manning, um, probably for the wider footballing world, is is not a name they'd be familiar with. But is is a a player? Uh, sorry, a, a manager schooled in playing for the likes of George Burley, maybe even Magilton, alongside Magilton, and being in the City group um, and surely is is of the same kind of attitude and philosophy as Russell Martin in respect of playing football the right way, but possibly possession to the detriment of maybe results, perhaps. Well, it, it sounds like, a, sounds like a, a manager who's been appointed because of how they were set up to play and the players they had, it, they had at the club already, which, again... We talked about footballing structure earlier. The, the way Swansea and Brentford went about appointing managers, they had to fit the club, not find a manager, and then change everything else to suit the manager. And um, certainly under Evans, the the lack of continuity between managers at Ipswich has been enormous. So the the logic behind this appointment for MK Dons makes perfect sense. Um, I don't, again, I don't think I knew a lot about Liam Manning, but I did hear Joe earlier in the week again, and it was a very kind of thorough overview of what he'd done and his reputation. Yeah, and 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 you're right. I mean, as much as as much as it's really easy to poo-poo MK Dons from their history, you have to give at least a bit of credit for there's a clear identity that they're trying to establish with. With the way they play football, as you said, you know, you talked about it just at the start there in terms of Evans um, and you know, long-term criticisms of Marcus Evans, the lack of planning and, and long-term strategy. You can't you can't accuse MK Dons of, of doing that, can you? No, it was interesting because I, when that round first opened, I had, I had a friend who uh, worked in Milton Keynes at the time. Actually, worked for the prison service. Um, but he was a Wednesday fan, but. Just good excuse to go and have an afternoon on the beers and go watch the football. But a load of his um, colleagues from work came and they supported whatever club they'd supported. But their kids would like to go and watch games locally because they were in the town. So, yeah, regardless of 
the rights and wrongs, mainly the wrongs of how that club came into existence. Sort of in the in the in the medium to long term, they'll kind of just establish themselves, and it will yeah. gradually get forgotten about. The best thing they can do is try to separate themselves away, and and it you know is a regretful you know moment in in British footballing history, frankly. Um, but eventually, you know, history moves on, and we all have to kind of yeah, focus on the, on the now. So. Yeah, I'd expect a continuation of the three at the back. I mean, this this tri this this tripod. I was trying to find out. Uh, can you have a can you have a three covalent bonds thing? I'm I'm trying to remember my chemistry. Um, <laughs> but, but, but it's kind of, hydrocarbons. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like an H two O. Um, but this 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 um, tripod. I'm going to call it of twine in the number ten position, and Isa and Parrot up front. Uh, Parrot. I think has got a couple of goals for them now. I think. Yeah, um, I think Leicester scored as well, hasn't he? He's got one, possibly. Um, but that, but that is a pretty fearsome front three for any team in this division, isn't it, Seb? That's the threat. Yeah, the defense is going to have to really, really be on it because the quality, like we said, is there. We saw what Twine did against Swindon. <clears throat> okay, he scored the wonder goal, but in that number ten position, he can really pull the strings. Parrot, obviously, had a, was it three, four goals for us? I think last season. So, a bit of experience at this level. Isa proven with Peterborough. So that is the threat, and the defense is going to have to be really, really on it. And also, it's going to be important that the Twine in the number ten position, Harper or Evans, if if they play, presumably they both will start on Saturday. They don't want to be getting dragged too far a position, sort of chasing him. They're going to have to hand him off to each other and make sure that the communication lines are really really good from those four you know the two midfielders and the two center backs because the fullbacks are going to be bombing on and they're going to have to make sure the four players left to, to deal with the threat are going to have to really really be on it a lot better than they were at Cheltenham yeah and Burton and Burton yeah um uh, so um, we, we've kind of focused on on the threat that MK Dons pose as well but you alluded to this Seb as well we mentioned it already you know Six goals conceded is is the joint worst in the division, along with um, Bolton and another team um, not too far away um, from me, um, who are also on six goals conceded. That's Ipswich, by the way. I'm, I now live in Ipswich, in case that wasn't clear. Um, but um, uh, yeah, there are going to be, you know, there's possession there. There's, there's chances created, but there are chances conceded as well. You know, last season, 12, 12 clean sheets, wasn't brilliant. They would concede on average 1.3 goals a game. Um, so, as much as there is um, that attacking threat, there is also an opportunity to get at them as well. Three at the back against kind of you know the midfield three and the front man is is an opportunity to you know to yeah. um, dominate them in, in, at least in terms of personnel. There, um, do you guys think we'll go for the two up front or the or the one up front? Again, yeah. I th think we'll probably start like we did against Morecambe, assuming we have players fit. Yeah. Um, the, the big I'm question really is... Fit, given the way he went off, the timing timing that he went off at, yeah. we, we might not have a choice but to play one up front. Yeah, well, and, and you know, Bon has, has tweeted and or Instagram today that he's keen to make amends for... He's had yeah. a few days to reflect on his miss and is keen to put it right. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, the, the big debate, that, uh, and I think we're still having this, and and it's, it's pertinent given um, where he signed from, is is how we utilise Scott Fraser. He's played across all the three positions now in that attacking midfield position. Yeah. This is his heat map for the whole season with MK last year. Sorry to cover our faces, so I can't see your reactions to that. But he was in the number 10 last season for MK, but you can see that he takes this left, drifts out and takes this position out on the left-hand side. Cook just hasn't got this right yet. And I think the the worry that we've got collectively, it would be interesting to get your thoughts on this, guys, is whether he's going to continue to kind of do the, the ball in the cups kind of game and just move people around until something clicks. Well, he started on the right, didn't he, against um, Charlton the other night. In fact, he, he played on the right most of the game. He, he's not an out-and-out winger like me and Ben discussed last night. He sort of tucked in a little bit. But it, I, I thought didn't you were really... going to say you're not an out-and-out winger like me and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't keen on him on the right-hand side. I prefer him on, on the left like the heat map shows there. And as we discussed last night, I guess, you know, the, 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 the involvement that he'll get will be when the fullback is just constantly bombing past him all game and he can look to really, really pick him out. I understand people are frustrated because he's not playing in the number 10 role, but he's not an out-and-out winger. He is tucking in and still still getting on the ball, just not being as influential as we would have liked so far, given his numbers from the uh, uh, from last season. But, you know, as Cook has said, things will take time to gel. We've got Edwards on one side, Fraser on the other. Piggott was dropping deep the other night with Bon as the, uh, the out-and-out striker. And it, it did work in the first half. It worked well. You know, they were passing really, really well, passing with intent. Uh, the three players were linking up quite well. It's just a case of, you know, is he, is he going to be as useful, tucked in slightly, if the fullback isn't going outside in more game? Yeah, and I do wonder about... That left position now feels like it's Edwards' is to lose, isn't it? So, yeah, I would have thought so. He, he did, they did swap a couple of times during the game and Edwards went into the number 10 position at one point. But I think that was mainly due to fitness. I don't, I don't think he could keep up the, the running down the wings. That's why I think he moved into the number 10 for about a, a 10, 15 minute period in the second half. But yeah, Edwards is the is the one to lose that spot because as we've said, he was, he was superb. Yeah. One of the things that I felt about the first two games is, yeah, the defence were led in some bad goals. But the weakest part, I thought, was the three behind the striker. And that, seems to have been a bit better than what I saw on on iFollow and Seb has said on Tuesday. But apart, I don't think those players linked up or quite knew what they were doing in the, in the first two games. I mean, Ch- Chaplin really drifted through that through that game against Morecambe, apart from when he linked up with Fraser for the first goal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember much else from him. It wasn't that he wasn't doing anything or trying to do things. It just didn't work. and And that's where I think players aren't quite used to what we're doing or used to each other yet and that will presumably come so to that point steve a lot of people are getting anxious quite rightly about the results we use the g word oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i was gonna i was gonna kind of it feels like you're how long is does this team need to do the g word in your in your book i thought we'd be better than this one of the one of my concerns about the scale of the changes was that without a baseline everybody's new and everyone takes time to adjust to what's happening you've only got to look at the last two summers we had significant change when paul hurst was here and roy Keane's first summer and and how well those two went (laughs) to realize it's um it's not actually a panacea just getting rid of players because another thing that happens is people see the faults of the players they watch every week they don't what they don't so often pick the faults up of opposition players. They just see the see the better bits and highlights and um Yeah. So so there's always like, oh, we can get better than that. That player doesn't do that very well. And sometimes they do other things and how they fit together gets lost. So I thought there's always going to be a risk in getting this season up and running quickly. I thought we'd be a bit more coordinated than we have been. And 
And the ultra the ultra positive view is, yeah, actually, if if Penny and Wolf hadn't managed a ridiculous back pass situation between them, if Fraser scores a penalty, if Bond scores, we might we might have done this, but we didn't, and we're now three games in, four games in. You want to count a cup cup game? We lost to a League Two side who played a load of reserve players. That's not good either. Doesn't matter how well we played. We've played four games and we've not, we've got one point, one draw out of them. That's it's it's not very concerning yet. But as I said, seven bomb Ben discussed yesterday, that if we don't win Saturday, and then then all the pressures on the following week, and then if we don't win that, yeah, we start to become. Bit like Paul Hurst's time here, where we weren't necessarily dreadful early on. There were some clear failings, but instead of solving those failings, we kind of chucked everything up in the air for Norwich, alienated our best player in Bart. And yeah, I don't think Paul Cook is going to make even worse from that. Yeah, Yeah. we there was a there was a really pivotal moment last season. Not, I guess, pivotal in, in respect of the outcome. Of, real, of basically getting rid of that entire team was was that week, Seb, that everyone was kind of fabled week of, I've got a whole week on the training ground. There's no Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. I've got the whole week to play with, to to coach this team into doing what I wanted to do. That that week in, in March, I think it was, um, it's kind of, it's gone down as quite a symbolic failure um, and it's, yeah. it's, it's led to all of the kind of a lot of the repercussions. Has, the recruitment. How many other teams were doing double training sessions in that point in a COVID hit season? Um, and clearly the players weren't as fit as Cook wanted them to be, and clearly they weren't as fit as they should have been. But Lambert sacked the fitness coach in about September, October. He was yeah. working remotely from Scotland. And we then yeah, had that spell of getting a muscle injury every first half for four or five games in a row, it seems. So, so. Not all of that's on the players. A lot of that's structural, I think. Yeah, well, I wasn't. I, well, I didn't want to rate that up. I, what I was, what I was going to no, say. No. There's no Tuesday game um, yeah. next week. So yeah, it's uh, a bit of a clear week and a bit. Of, you know, I'd imagine our transfer business surely now is done. So he's got you know yeah. a, a clear week. He's got the squad he now wants. There shouldn't, in theory, be any new arrivals. Edmondson, I think they've said is what about a week away or so. I think I heard on I think it was Kings of Anglia earlier saying potentially he's penciled in for next week. So we've got players starting to come back in and hopefully we'll we'll really start to see the benefits of a good solid week training with the uh, with the settled squad now being being as it is assembled. Yeah, I mean. The, um, I'd say the, the bit when we clicked after we scored on Tuesday for 15 minutes, um, it's like, yeah, that's good. Mm. Um, well, yeah, the first half of Cheltenham was the same. Yeah, exactly the same. Some, some of it, some, that's what I meant. Sorry, not Saturday. We didn't we didn't play that well on, at all. On <laughs> we had some odd, odd bits and moves, but um, so some of it is, is just confidence. And as we've seen, that confidence disappears as well. If you start losing too many games and players are scared to try things because they think it won't come off or they're, they're worried about losing the ball. And so, yeah. But if, if there's too much quality in this squad not to be reasonably okay. And reasonably okay is playoffs are just outside two or three months in. Yeah. Well, not yeah. Well, we've got, yeah, a good opportunity on on... You know, every there is no team in this division we should fear playing, anyway. So, no. um, we go into this one with some the usual hope, um, and and whether that we are our hope is is rewarded, uh, we will find out. Um, I've got a um, we'll do. There's two more things we need to do. Well, there's three more things to do, isn't there? Um, the first thing is I now appear to have made a little um, feature for myself, which is um, Rich's player to look out for. Um, after picking, I keep. I'm going to keep mentioning this. Um, Cole Stockton's on my list, and the Burton guy who I've forgotten. Hey, Joe Powell. No, it was, about, it was Joe Powell last week. Well, Aikens, Aikens was their best player by some distance. He was, um, but he scored, so that's what I'm going with. So the player that I'm the the, the less than obvious player I'm going to pick out for you is Matt O'Reilly. He's actually the captain, 20 years old, signed on a free transfer from Fulham. Um, had attracted some really um, some interest from teams in Europe. I think Dortmund were sniffing around. Um, so uh, central midfielder, um, really good um, calibre there. Um, so he's one to look out for, along with the obvious three that we talked about. But um, Josh McEachern is there, those of you who know 
um, remember Chelsea. CX Chelsea, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Brentford? he might. Yes. Yeah. So I think he's back from injury, so he he might take a claim in central midfield as well. He might he might even take Matt O'Reilly's spot. Um, but there's there's a different name for you. Um, the other thing we must do, number two, is I need a prediction from um, both of you. Um, so Steve, we'll start with you. I think we'll win two one. I don't think it will be a very comfortable two one win, but I think we'll just about do it. Seb, I think we're going to draw. I'm going to go for a two all draw. I think I'm going to follow suit with a draw, and I think I've, I'm tempted to go for the nil nil because I've mentioned it at the start, and it would look really cool if it came off. But I am going to I'm going to I'm going to back Seb. I'm going to go. I think they I think there will be goals. I think these two teams can't defend, so yeah. let's go for a let's go for a two all. Could be a three all, frankly, but let's go for a two all. Um, the other thing we've the other this feature that we're as we evolve this this show, um, more and more kind of things become features. Um, Seb, have you got a fact of the week? And if you do, I have, I have a treat lined up for you. I've heard about this. I do have a, a fact of the week, yeah. Okay, ready? Ready for this? I've got. A, I've done a jingle for you. And what I did was I thought, what is the kind of jingle that Seb would like? And what would the people like to hear? And what do they think when they think Seb Brown? So here it is. There you go. Brilliant. I don't. I don't know what to say. Where's the picture from? <laughs> the a random picture. night out it's somewhere, or no? So this, I, I try. So I had to find a kind of. So for those of you listening to that, um, it kind of had a bit of a circus vibe to it, and there was a picture of Seb looking very cheerful, um, and that was from the pre-match uh, away at Nottingham Forest at the end of the season, seventeen, eighteen, was it? Or 16, 17. Oh, 16, the inflatables day with the in, Di- Mick the dinosaur. We were showing off our dinosaur yeah. inflatables, joining in with the bands, and then Forrest beat us three 0 to survive on <laughs> yeah. the last day. Josh Emmanuel had an absolute nightmare. Didn't I don't think anyone came out of their game with no, that. No, I think he gave away. He either gave away two penalties or one, and he should have probably given away a second one. I think Dominic was it. Dominic Samuel. Dominic Samuel started up front for us. Yeah, and yeah, awful. The only saving grace of that game was we wore that really awesome white away shirt um and i've got a signed josh emmanuel um version of that shirt so maybe <laughs> from that day you never know um so seb we i'm distracting us um your fact of the week well the obvious one obviously is is if you look at dean lewington i mean just to mention his record it's absolutely outstanding he's got 839 appearances he had 32 for wimbledon and then 807 so far for mk dons and he's still going which is an absolutely amazing achievement but that's not actually my fact of the day it's an interesting right. fact but it's not my fact of the day my fact of the day is that did you know milton Keynes has more bridges than Venice. No, I didn't. I love the silence and just the, the, the blank stares back at me. I just thought that was quite interesting. I, I'd never, I never got, thought. It's got a larger footprint than Venice and there's bridges <laughs> all, all, over, all over the various steel carriageways and the like. So it's probably much, yeah. There you go. Steve's brought logic into this. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to do better, I think. I, I, feel, I feel like I need to just bookend that with um, thanks for that, Seb. And, or just um, a wah, wah, wah. Well, what I was going to do is I'll put the theme tune back on, and that will maybe that will give it the kind of the level of sophistication and style that it deserves. <laughs> there you go, Seb's fact of the week. We will um, endeavour to do more of those, and maybe uh, maybe I need to change the change the theme tune up every week. You know. Not the, graphics. the graphics are spectacular. Thank you very much. Well, we'll keep the graphics. I change the music. Um, another another feature which has um, its own intro and music is um, football room, room one hundred and one. That's easy for me to say. Um, let's have a look at that, shall we? Updated there oh, you, to reflect. You, you've claimed the 2 0, have you? Even I've though it's a draw. Right. Yeah, so, okay. so um, one of these rare moments where a 50 50 vote on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm claiming the victory because everyone in the chat last week said. Everyone. Oh, was everyone. it everyone? Was it? Pretty right. much everyone. You couldn't even win over Seabass, and he's and he's called Sebastian. So <laughs> that's why I, I kind of ordered myself to win there. Um, so 2 0 to me. Um, we've got a guest contributor, though, so we'll have to fight. If, if Steve wins, we're fighting over that point. Or maybe just out of sympathy, I'll let you have it. Um, Brilliant. So, uh, reminded that this feature is is us um, um, using um, this podcast as an opportunity to um, 
chuck a aspect of watching football, watching Ipswich Town into um, the bin, frankly. Um, and um, so last week we voted in um, pointless appealing for decisions which are just bloody obvious. Um, so what have we got this week? We'll start with Steve as our guest. So football parochialism, this sense from fans that we're the only team something happens to, we're <laughs> the only team that ever loses to a club who've lost five in a row. That's just reverting to the mean. It's going to happen at some point. We're the only team who gets injuries. Yes. Although we potentially have this problem with recovering from injuries and players not recovering, but that's a sort of slide, side issue. And I think play, fans just generally focus on their own club and then kind of ignore all this other stuff. And it's almost like poor us, poor, slight sense of victimhood. Yeah. Well, and I've fallen into the trap, haven't I? Because I said a long come Ipswich when I talked about the yeah. nil-nil draw. So there you go. We're the ones that... the, the Your point... Am I right in saying it's like the a long come Ipswich, as in the team's on a really crap run and they'll beat us. And that only happens to us. That doesn't happen to any other team. Is Which, that basically just... Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. I can... Yeah. I buy that. I, I think it's very fair. You know. And of course, we... There's no interest given to other teams. And I'm sure if you went on their forums and their Twitter, they'd be saying exactly the same stuff as us. Yeah, exactly. So it's the kind of, it's like the Truman Show kind of syndrome, isn't it? Where you think you're the, you're the star, you're the only ones that it could happen. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> there you go. Um, Seb, what have you, any any response to that? And, any, uh, uh, and then give us your pitch for the week. No, it's a, a, a great point. Like you say, we never look really outside of our own spheres, do we? And, you know, you, you must be right. These kind of things will happen to every single club. We just kind of assume that we are the unlucky ones or the ones guaranteed. If a striker hasn't scored for 15 games, oh, a long come Ipswich, like he just said. But it must happen to all clubs. So, no, it's a, it's a great point. My one this week is pretty short and sweet, despite Rich's attempt to steal it on the uh, on the flagship show at the weekend. I do also have a timestamp WhatsApp that I sent on Saturday <laughs> to him, so I do have unequivocal proof that I got in there first. Uh, my one is very simple. It is stutters in penalty run-ups. I'm not quite sure when it started. I've, Pogba seems to be doing it forever in the Premier League. I don't know when it became a thing. And when they score, okay, great, it looks quite good, but... I'm very much of the old school of just run up and hit it. You know, Smack we saw Fraser, yeah, we saw Fraser last weekend uh, do the little stutter, and it was a woeful penalty. We saw it in the Euros with Rashford and Sancho. Uh, Rashford and Sancho just just hit it. If you think of the great penalty takers over the years, the likes of Letizia and Shearer, etc., they never did that. They would pick their spot. They would probably practice it a hundred times a week, and on a match day, if they were needed to, they would just run up and strike the ball as hard as they could and put it in areas where the goalkeeper's not going to get to. So mine is very straightforward. Stop doing stutters in run-ups. Pa power behind the ball, and that's what I want to put in room 101. Um, yeah, and, and I can hear Michael Warner, our, our mate in Brisbane, shouting, well, that was my idea. Rich nicked that from me. And now, um, but um, i just like to, I mean, this is the great thing about hosting. And I'm sure, Seb, we'll let you host one of these shows and then you can take your revenge on me. <laughs> um, here's a tweet that I posted on the 11th of July. Let's be clear, even before tonight, and this is the night of um, the England penalty shootout defeat in the Euros, um, stuttering run-up pens were shit and needed throwing in the bin. So that is a month and a bit ago. So well, in my defence, I didn't see that because I've had you on mute for the last four wow. years. So I, I, I can't see that. So that's not fair. That can't influence the decision. You don't, you're not on my Twitter. You don't get notifications when I tweet. Blocked years ago, mate. Going back to the Euros, I've got a bit of sympathy for the way Rashford did his. Well, he hit the post, didn't he? It was, it was marginal. Oh, yeah, he, if it's, yeah, he looks like a genius. He the wrong way. And yeah. Whereas I think that's quite different to Fraser's on Saturday. It just doesn't fill me with any confidence. If I see them doing yeah. the start in the run-up, I immediately think something's going to go wrong. Why would you do it? Yeah. Although, yeah, when Fraser lines up, he looks like he's going to hit it right-footed. Mm, yeah. And... But but there was a three three and a half minute gap I think between that um, that penalty being given and taken there was a there was a long delay the um, the bloke who also scored the own goal who gave away the penalty didn't protest at all um, it looked quite soft and it was right in front of us but there was definitely contact it's like it's a clear penalty yeah and but then there was a lot of moaning from lots of other Burton players and that didn't help. Yeah, reason to make for Fraser to make his mind up and just stick to it. And, uh, 
that's the gamesmanship in League One that we need to do a little bit more of as well, don't we? But um, yeah, mitigating circumstances. But I, uh, so I wholeheartedly agree to flip it around and to give you your juice. Deb, I, I agree with that one. Well, um, let, let, let's have your one because it's going to win anyway because you'll just fudge so, it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the power has gone to my head. Um, so I'm putting, in, and this is another one that's very pertinent um, this week. I'm putting into, or I'm offering up to um, the Twitter poll, um, these Puma third kits that all of these Champions League or top tier teams in Europe have been, I've got a picture on on the YouTube. For those of you who are listening and are not seeing these yet, what these you are, are like, yeah, you're, you're, I'm saving your eyes from the pain of looking at what it looks like a training shirt. The team's logos are kind of embossed into the, the fabric um, so rather than have the team badge, the the name of the team is written across the chest with the sponsor just below it. And this kind of band with Borussia or Fenerbahce or Marseille written across the middle. It looks ridiculous. And I'm, I haven't looked at how much it costs, but I assume it's a ridiculous sum of money. Here's the Man it's, City it's one. Seven, it's worth saying it's 70 quid. Is it 70 quid? Thank it's you. The Man City one is, yeah. Um, and if that's not enough, the look of it, the, the copy on the Man City website to talk about it is even more reason to put it into Room 101. I'm going to do my kind of salesman voice. with um, you ready, guys? Here we go. The bold new progressive jersey takes traditional design and rewrites the rules to push the boundaries of football kit design. As part of Puma's faster football movement, the brand aims to challenge convention, innovate, and bring fresh products to football. Um, what else have we got here? The most eye-catching feature of the jersey is the placement at the heart of the club's name Man City emblazoned across the front of the jersey in the club's bespoke font, no less, with the Puma cat centrally positioned to add balance to the visionary design. And there's some science as well. Um, the third jersey combines 100% recycled polyester with advanced Puma dry cell thermoregulation technology to ensure uncompromising fit and mobility, keeping athletes dry and comfortable. Integrates an ultralight jacquard structure. Um, if um, Put in the comments if you know what a jacquard structure is um, into the back of the jersey to enhance breathability during intense performance. I mean, just make a shirt that looks cool don't dick about by sticking weird little font, custom fonts with the team. Just stick the badge on, stick a sponsor on, and make it look pretty. They're just an absolute eyesore, and people who think they're going to set trends with it, no thank you. And if it's 70 quid as well, Seb, which will probably be the minimum, then they could do one. And that'll be the that'll be the cust that won't be the athletic fit, you know, no. climber cool <laughs> technology one. So um so there you go. There's my punt for room 101 this week i'm quite angry about it because third shirts i have i've got no issue with third shirts in general by the way a real opportunity with a third shirt to do something exciting and innovative um that isn't rubbish i was going to swear there um that isn't uh, you know contrived nonsense and and doesn't look stupid um so massive misstep here from puma and these clubs um oh i'm angry about it it was, it was selling its thousands I'm, well, will it? I don't know. We'll, well, we'll see. We'll, I'm, we're, the, the Arsenal, the Arsenal '92 away kit, which is the yellow and black. And it's, yeah, but I, that's, that's a, now a cult classic of some. Well, I was going to remark about the shirt you've got behind you. I mean, if we wanted to do a third shirt for this season, the red and black striped one from '92 '93 would be a great one. That was, and that's a great shirt, and everybody wanted it at the time. But it was never sold. That's there just to cover up the fact my bookcase is an absolute tip because I. Okay. Out. Sorry, I've so drawn attention. I, I um, lockdown has involved a lot of reading and new books. And it's like, yeah, it's a tip. <laughs> no, good to see you doing something constructive there. So there are three puns. We will put a Twitter poll um, out. It will run next week, and we will see um, who the nation believes. Who you know got seventy percent nation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's out there. Our Twitter account is is publicly available to everyone, so um, we don't discriminate there. Um, so great stuff. Thank you guys for those. And um, I, I, should we put the music on one more time? Yeah, I love the music. It's Why the best not? part of the show. There you go. I think when we 
so I, spoilers and uh, a spoiler alert here there are we are looking into the possibility of some kind of live show this season maybe more than one and i think i would love to find someone with a sound system good enough for me to pound that tune out at full blast with the subwoofers going like i said citroen ax um let's um let's do some plugs um let me put some scrolly stuff for those of you on youtube uh, but you can find us in all the um if you don't know where to find us so far this so far and you found the show um then as a pure coincidence then we're all over twitter we're all over instagram um very much enjoying posting all of these um images from um cheltenham um seb was in the away end craig i think was doing corporate along with some friends and met marcus stewart um, so um, if you join us over on Instagram and um, Blue Monday Pod team, you'll find all those kind of match day images as well as all of the usual stuff plugging our shows. Um, so always worth a good follow there. Um, the other thing I can um, draw your attention to is the flagship show um, for discussing the MK Don's um, uh, draw. Um, and that will be Mikey in the host chair, joined by Dave and Craig, I believe. Um, we are recording that a little bit later than we have done the last few weeks. So that will probably go back out on the normal Monday morning time slot. Um, so um, that's our bits and pieces of plugging. Steve, tell us where we can get a copy of Turnstile Blues on Saturday. Uh, Turnstile Blues will assuming we get the copies to the pub in time we'll hopefully have some of the greyhound um about half one we'll then be at portman road from from very shortly afterwards usual places sir alf um i'm normally where the people come out of the fan zone towards the bus garage yeah, i'd probably be somebody further up portman road as well it's still only a pound um exact money is preferred at the moment because i don't think anyone's used change for the last year and we might run out of change quite quickly but um yeah, hopefully see a lot of people and um, sell out in one go. Yeah, um, it is worth. I mean, getting as soon as finding the guys as soon as you can because um, they do sell like hotcakes. And I always like the jeopardy of watching you guys waiting for the box of the. Of the, the, of the um, we're, we're kind. We're kind of stuck though because it's like you can't really have another beer because we want to be out at Portman Road for half one because we we sell a lot more because a lot of people get to the ground early. Yeah, it I is one. Yeah, need to do that. Are you guys going to have any to buy online as well for those who aren't going? Yeah, there, there is an email link which I think we should we would need to tweet if we haven't done it already, um, where there are some available for for those who can't make the game. Yep, and we'll give that a retweet as well, um, so you can find that. Yep. And Turnstile Blues is on Twitter, and and you're on Twitter as well. Give us you hey. tell us where to find you. I, I am at, at Steve underscore M ten, and Turnstile Blues is at Turnstile. I think it's Tunstall underscore blue. Is it Tunstall underscore blues? Ooh. Let's find out. Keep talking. Remember, it is at Tunstall underscore blue. There you go. Excellent stuff. Um, Give the guys a follow. Guys and girls doing um, fantastic work there. Um, And go and get yourself a fanzine. There is nothing I think you can buy that's any good anywhere for a pound. So, frankly, unbelievable value. Um, And really excellent production quality, excellent images. so um, well worth um, uh, some of your time there. And um, if you can't travel down on Saturday, then um, we'll make sure you get that eBay link as well. That is your lot. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Firstly, um, we'll let Steve have the final word, but I want to thank you now for, for joining us and um, wish you and all the Turnstile Blues folks all the very best for Saturday. Um, Seb, um, and I wish you all the best for Saturday as well. You're traveling down. We're going to meet up finally. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to Saturday, I guess. Yeah, can't wait. Really, really excited. Uh, I'm sure my COVID test will go positive tomorrow morning or something oh, to no. ruin it. But but no, really looking forward to it. Can't wait to be back in the Greyhound, back in Portman Road and, and catch up with people. It's been a long time. Fantastic. Steve, we'll let you um, sign us out. Well, first of all, I'm sure I'll see both of you in the pub and uh, look forward to seeing you both in person. But yeah, please come and buy Turnstile Blues and then let's go and get three points and get this season up and running. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app.
you in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.